Welcome to the Women of Yesen podcast. I'm your host, Sophia, and this is an invitation to join me and our amazing guests to find inspiration and insights into your own journey to Yesen. If you ever feel overwhelmed or confused along the way, I'm also here to support you so you can tackle your challenges with confidence and make progress towards this lofty goal. To find out more about my work, check the episode description and make sure to subscribe. Well, إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر Bismillah wa salat wa salam ala rasulillah. Welcome to a new episode of Women of Yassan podcast. Today I have Sukaina Ikish joining me from Berlin in Germany. Sukaina was born in Morocco 26 years ago and grew up in Italy and France. She's currently a sales manager at Idealo in Berlin after moving from Ireland where she was working for Google. Sukaina is also a content creator on LinkedIn where she shares her passion about topics such as diversity and women empowerment. Sukaina, thank you again for making the time today. Uh, it's a really a pleasure for me to, to have you today. So welcome again. Salam alaikum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, Sophia, and everyone else listening. Thank you so much for having me on this episode. I'm excited to be joining for the Women of Ihsan podcast. I know you're very busy, so thanks again for taking the time. And I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today. As usual, I always ask uh, about my guests to tell us about themselves, uh, tell us about your personal story, your background, inshallah. Of course. So I'm Moroccan, as you mentioned already. I was born in Morocco in a small city called Dimnat next to Marrakesh. And then with my family, we moved to Italy when I was three years old. So I grew up in Italy until I was 15. And then we moved to southern of France, Montpellier, a very nice city with very nice weather, even in the winter. Um, so yeah, I've always been, let's say, moving around with my family. And I kind of started to develop a passion for languages. So I decided to pursue my studies in languages applied to business. So that's what I did by bachelor in Montpellier. And then I decided to apply for a master in international business and to study sales. So the reason why I decided to go for that is that I'm a, a person who's very passionate about um, building relationships with people. So mm -hmm. I knew that I wanted to, you know, use these skills to make sure that I could be successful in business and help other people feel the same. And I started working in sales actually right after my master's. So what happened is that I moved to Berlin for an exchange semester. And then I got offered a position here for a fintech company where I was working as a business developer. So that's mm -hmm. where let's say passion slash experience in sales started um, and then after a couple of years working in the field I got approached by Google to move to Ireland as you mentioned for an account manager position and that's pretty much what I've been doing for the past year and right now I relocated to Berlin a city that I love where I decided to come back and to join Ideal as a sales manager for the Italian market. Is there uh, something uh, special about your story that you would like to share with, with uh, the audience? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So something I always like to share about my story is that I feel like my journey has been marked by a lot of resilience because as I mentioned before, there are many times where I have been put in a position where I needed to restart from zero, mm -hmm. from a language perspective, from a country perspective. And without even knowing it, this kind of shaped my personality, meaning that whenever I would you know, face a new challenge, I wouldn't see it as something that would scare me, but something that would excite me or a new yeah. opportunity to start over. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't mention that, but I think it's important to highlight the fact that when you came to France from Italy, did you speak French then? 
I actually didn't. <laughs> I learned French when I was 16. And it was very frightening in the beginning because we moved to, you know, a small village next to Montpellier where everyone spoke French. I didn't even have, you know, any Arabic friends at the time. So I couldn't even speak in Darish or Arabic, for instance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it was hard, but I feel like it was kind of, you know, one of those moments where you go down and then you go up from there. It ended up being a very, a very good experience. Yeah, subhanAllah. I mean, uh, you were able then to 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 go about your your studies, just continue as a quote-unquote normal French student. Exactly. Absolutely. And then I also kind of love reading. So I think that helped a lot because mm -hmm. when everyone else was, you know, reading normal stuff, I was reading like 17th century literature. In okay. <laughs> in French. In French. Uh -huh. and, you know, when you're starting from like zero in a language, it gives you the extra push to learn as much as you can. So I was mm -hmm. reading Voltaire and similar you know, writers, and that also built, let's say, my resilience and my passion for the language. Did it help that you came from Italy slash Italian, which is a little bit close to, to French in comparison to German, for instance? Did you find some similarities? Did, did, did it help you? It did help because, as you said, Italian and French are from the same semantic, you know, group, so mm -hmm. it's easier somehow. But of course, I still had to start with the grammar and learn. Yeah, definitely, yeah. So it was still a, ch a challenge, I would say. Of course, of course. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, uh, that's why I really want to, to highlight this because it's not that easy, like being 15, 16 already and having to start over with a new language. It's really, uh, mashallah, alhamdulillah, that uh, you right. achieved that. As you were going through all of these uh, challenges, what are the lessons that you draw from them and that you could share with us today? Absolutely. So I would say the first one is to always believe in your skills. And it sounds, you know, very cheesy to say something like that. Mm -hmm. But the reality is when you really believe that you can achieve something and you put in the work and you let, you know, fate guide you, mm -hmm. then you end up in the specific position, inshallah. So giving yourself no other choice than being mm -hmm. good at what you want to be good at. And even if something happens that draws you back and you don't get the results that you want, you know, when you want them, to develop patience and to appreciate the process while you're getting there. Very valuable. So I think you mentioned faith here. And so I'm also interested in knowing how did faith, uh, what, what, what kind of role it played in helping you overcoming the challenges and how it shaped your perspective? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a very relevant question. And, you know, as a Muslim, I always try to base my decisions on faith and to make sure that before I take any of those decisions, I know what that means for me as a practicing Muslim. Um, and I think one way that is, I mean, among others that faith has helped me a lot is that it takes away a lot of pressure from your shoulders, meaning mm -hmm. that, you know, when you believe in God and you know that there is Maktoub and there is, you know, the concept of rizq as well, what is waiting for you will reach you, try to focus on the causes, but not much on the outcomes of things. Mm -hmm. You push into a direction that seems, you know, correct and good to you, but then you kind of leave everything else to God. I think that's something that our generation doesn't practice enough. We want to control everything. We want to succeed right now. We want to get the best of this and that. But at the end of the day, you don't control that. You only control, you know, the, the actions that you can do. But you need to leave the rest to, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's yeah, something that's that true. really helped me a lot. That's a great lesson for, for all of us and uh, whatever we are trying to accomplish. While putting in the efforts, reminding ourselves that, okay, I'm doing my part, but the results are in Allah's hand at the end of the day, like you said. Mashallah. Are there any, you know, misconceptions or limiting beliefs along the way that you realize at some point they were holding you back? And when you, when you got this awareness, mm -hmm. uh, you were able to, to overcome them? 
absolutely. This actually reminds me of a conversation that we had with you like a couple of weeks ago about wearing hijab. The decision that I decided to take last year, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So one of the misconceptions beliefs that I had is that I needed to decide somehow between my fate and my career. And that's mm-hmm. why I compromised the other. So, of course, growing you know, up in the West, in a non-Muslim country, you're not very used to seeing you know, successful women who come from a Muslim background, who wear hijab and who can step up in the business world, speak at conferences and be a role model for someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that I really had to get my mind to understand that being a Muslim who practices religion doesn't mean that it's not going to be opening doors for me in the business world. And when I understood that and I understood that I could be the role model and the example that I was lacking in this specific field, mm-hmm. I feel like a whole new universe opened in my mind. And I was like, yes, I can be that, you know, that Muslim and I can be that girl for younger Muslim women who want to get there as well. Mashallah, mm, that's beautiful. Alhamdulillah, I remember uh, you taking that step and I was really, really happy. Like I'm, I'm happy for anyone, you know, um, but uh, like you said, one of the intentions of this, this podcast is really uh, removing this misconception that women who are wearing the hijab are basically choosing their faith over their career. Absolutely. And it's not true. And you are a living example of that and many others that I have, uh, that I had on, on the podcast and inshallah that I'm intending to have that you can definitely have both. And alhamdulillah for that. You basically, you became the role model that you wish you had had a few years ago. Absolutely. And it's, it's even more satisfying because I know that I can, you know, lead the example for other women who might have been in the same position that I was a couple of years ago. Yeah, mashallah, mashallah. May Allah grant you tawfiq to, you know, to open the way in this direction, inshallah. So as a sales manager, how would you like your Islamic values to reflect, to reflect on your work? Oh, that's a very deep question, actually, like. <laughs> Um, well, I always tell my friends and my colleagues that um, I want my personality to actually radiate the values of Islam. So I try to get as close to that as I can on a daily basis. Um, so I want the people who meet me to you know, see my religion and see the beauty of it um, through my actions and through the way I speak to them and through the way I behave. Um, so I always you know, try to practice in that, meaning that you know, I really value kindness or tolerance or modesty or respect above everything else. Um, and I strive to be the best version of myself to everyone I meet. Um, and that's where I tell sometimes that I think when you're practicing Islam, it makes you a better person. You strive to treat everyone in the best way possible. And you're just like a great human being at the end of the day. So I think that does impact your personality, but also the way you know you, you work with others, especially in sales, um, having integrity, making sure you're helping your customers to succeed and wanting for them what you want for you as well. Um, so overall, it really does help me on a day-to-day basis. You are embodying this, this saying that we often hear, that we have to be ambassadors of Islam. Absolutely, absolutely. This is what you are trying to do on a, on a daily basis on your work, at your workplace and with your clients. Exactly. Mashallah. So I think you kind of touched upon, you know, being the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, what Ihsan excellence is all about, isn't it? But maybe if you go deeper for you personally, what what does it mean to strive and to live with this excellence? I think for me, being a woman of Ihsan, it means trying to be your best to please Allah, um, making sure that on a day-to-day basis, you're getting close to God and you're learning more about your religion. And I think in our case, it's about finding this balance between, you know, dunya and akhira, because at the end of the day, 
if you invest all of your time and your efforts in this dunya, you will be the one who will be losing. So understanding where you're going long-term and how your actions are actually, you know, kind of showing that, how your actions are showing that you're thinking about your akhira, mm-hmm. um, how are you projecting yourself um, and how are you making sure that, you know, your deen is shaping your personality and not your job or your world or anything else that you're living in. Is there a practical example or, you know, some kind of story when you think about it that can illustrate this way of life? <laughs> I think there are many examples. And one thing we mentioned at the beginning as well um, is making sure that you're not putting a lot of pressure on yourself when you're taking a decision. So mm-hmm. always telling yourself, yes, um, I'm going to do my best, but I leave this part to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and mm-hmm. there is nothing I can do about it. Um, but also, you know, understanding others when you meet them and treating them with kindness. So instead of, you know, being judgy or, you know, having a bad misconception about someone, always telling yourself that they're human as you are human and that, you know, Allah created everyone equal. So overall, having better relationships with people as well. Um, so that's something I would say. But also something else that comes to my mind is making sure that no matter how busy you are on a day-to-day basis, you take the time to do your prayers on time, um, you know, do everything that you can do to be a better Muslima and practice, no matter if you have, you know, work coming up or if you get busy with dunya somehow. Not forgetting about the the priorities. Absolutely. Talking about what we do on a daily basis, are there any routines that you have and help you achieve success? Oh, good question that as well. So yeah, I do have a couple of things that I do on a daily basis that are also sunnah, which is great. So win-win. Um, but overall, I love exercising. I love taking care of my body, my mind as well. Something that, you know, Islam teaches us to be sure you're in your best shape, to be sure you can move your body and take care of it as if it was a temple. Um, but also making sure that I am very vigilant with the content that I consume. So what my attention goes into, what do I read, what do I watch on a daily basis? I try to be as, let's say, attentive on that as I can, because at the end of the day, those are the things that influence our ways of thinking and that can really have an impact on the long term. Um, so yeah, I would say exercising, consuming the right content, consuming the right food. And also another thing that is extremely important is surrounding yourself with the right people, You know, making sure that you have people who are going in the same direction as you with the same values um, and appreciating them as well. Yeah, I think it's really essential that you you point out that our input has a great impact on our thoughts and what what you, what we consume is going to have an impact on how we think and how we act at the end of the day. Exactly. I know that you recently spoke at the Global Women Forum in Berlin and you took part in the panel discussion uh, which was titled Redefining Success, Challenging Stereotypes and Embracing Authenticity. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us more about it as well as um, other projects that you're working on? Indeed, you're right. A couple of weeks ago I was at the Global Women Forum um, and this is something I really enjoy doing, right? Because we talked previously about the importance of being a role model and an example for so many women. So I love taking part of this kind of conferences. And for instance, this specific forum was um, a mix on a bridge between the Arab world and the European world. For a lot of you know, women, for example, from an Arab route who grew up in Europe and vice versa. <clears throat> so it was a very good opportunity to hear everyone's experience, but to also share my story as someone mm-hmm. in business and how, again, I combine my faith with my work um, and how I have been able to shape the person that I am today. And I think, you know, this experience kind of relates to what you mentioned in my description as well. The fact that I've been creating content and posting content on LinkedIn, which is something that I really enjoy doing. And 
where I built a great community of people, among which you, <laughs> which I met that way. So this is a project that I'm working on and trying to be very present, to be very you know, attentive of the way that I use you know, this influence that I have on social media to mm. make sure I'm helping women. And of course, I'm giving back because I know how hard it can be when you're you know, getting out of university and you're applying for a job and you don't have any experience and you lack self-confidence and you don't have a role model. So there are a lot of layers that add up. So yeah, my let's say my goal through this project that I'm doing on the side is to really give back um, and make sure that I can bridge this gap between you know university or studies and professional world as well for women. Now with your experience, when you look back and mm -hmm. look at, and then looking at your future, what is your vision right now? Again, a very deep question. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, having a vision <laughs> like know. it changes, it's like a moving target. But what would you like to achieve? Uh, what's your vision? What kind of impact you want to have the next the next year, next couple of years? Absolutely. So I think that's a very relevant question because again, like when I finished my studies and I was starting to work, um, I knew, for example, that I wanted to get into sales. That was my next goal. Mm -hmm. um, but it was like a short-term perspective. What I realized right now, even at a young age is that I'm thinking more long-term, meaning mm -hmm. that it doesn't matter if in three years I decide to go into marketing or design or whatever. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I want to keep constant is to make sure that I have an impact and that I can influence as many women on the way to believe in themselves and be their best version. Mm -hmm. So instead of focusing more about my job right now, what I'm trying to do is focus on a mission, um, which means simply who am I as a person and what kind of legacy I want to leave behind instead of you know which company I want to join or which certification I want to get um, and I think that's a very good shift of perspective that makes you even more passionate in your day-to-day -day job because you know that again you're having an impact you're changing someone's life you're motivating someone to step up take a risk mm -hmm. achieve something more um, so that's definitely the direction in which I want to be going inshallah Inshallah, may Allah, may Allah help you on this, on this way and grant you tawfiq again to, to achieve um, all of this and beyond inshallah so that your vision becomes even bigger Inshallah, Inshallah, the, the vision and the impact and, uh, and you know, the legacy. And like I was uh, speaking with someone who, who's also in another stage in her life, also more focusing on what kind of legacy she's going to leave. And uh, subhanAllah, defining again, what is legacy as a Muslim? It's not, okay, living cars and, you know, <laughs> castles and whatever. Not the material things that we that we leave. What we want to leave is really having changed um, something in our own lives and the lives of the people around us. Inshallah, in our circles of influence and any people that we can impact, this is what's going to have a positive impact in our akhirah. <laughs> but... You know, that's also why Islam tells us to focus so much on our behavior because at the end of the day, That's the legacy you leave behind. It's how you treat people, how you influence others, yeah. how you bring up your children, you know, how you speak to your partner, your spouse. That's all the things that matter for us. And that's the thing that people will remember and not any material achievements left behind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We want to have success. We have like in our careers, obviously everyone wants money because we need money. There's no, and there's no shame in saying, okay, I want to have a business and I want to, I want to make profit and so on and so forth. And having in mind, what is my intention behind it? Because we know that with this earnings that we have, we can help more people as well. 
We don't want to be on the receiving end. We want to be the one, the ones who are giving. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and that's again keeping the balance between dunya and akhirah, making sure you're not getting drawn, you know, into one and forgetting the other. So I think these reminders and having you and all of these other women is um, is really important for us just to to look at role models who are trying to achieve this balance. And to see, okay, it's possible. It's not just something that you read in books. <laughs> it's really something that we can achieve, inshallah. Inshallah. Uh, my next uh, question for you was, what message or piece of advice you want to leave for the younger sisters who are listening to, to this now, or maybe not so young? <laughs> Absolutely. So I would think I would share something that I also tell my sister as well. My sister, she's 20, you know, getting into this world where she's going through college and she's applying for a few internships. And something I always tell her is that no matter what happens, you should never compromise your beliefs or your faith mm -hmm. for any job out there. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter what company it is. It doesn't matter what role or how much it pays. Always make decisions based on who you are and your faith and your identity as a Muslim woman. And I think this is such a deep concept because when you base your decisions on that, on the faith, and you put your trust in Allah, the right things will come to you and the bad things will go away from you. And mm -hmm. this is, again, something that Islam preaches that Sometimes you want something and it's bad for you. And sometimes you don't want something, but it's actually good for you, but you don't know it at that time. Yeah. So yeah. Living through that and trusting the timing and really detaching yourself of the outcome. If I want this, but it doesn't happen, subhanAllah, maybe there is a khir behind it. I shouldn't put so much stress on myself. And if you keep going into this direction, I think you can never go wrong because you just embrace your qadr in whatever happens and you're thankful and you appreciate whatever Allah has put on your way. So... Always try your best. Always, you know, read. Um, be, you know, as many as proactive as you can be. Learn as many things as you can. But understand that your impact is limited, and that Allah takes care of the rest. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's an advice that you're giving in real life, in in real life, in real time to your to your own sister. So, I think it's all the more relevant for anyone who's who's listening to us now. And I think, uh, whether you are in your twenties, in your thirties, forties, or what, and even older. Um, it's something we have to to always consider the choices we make in our life first look at our faith and yeah. then if what we are pursuing is aligned with Allah's will Absolutely. then we put our trust in him and wait for the results exactly mashallah so as we come um, to the end of the podcast I also interested in knowing is there anyone that you would like to see here as a guest and what would you like to ask her I think I would actually like to see you <laughs> on the other side of the spectrum <laughs> as a guest in your own podcast. <laughs> um, oh my. <laughs> I what I would ask you is probably like what inspired you to start this podcast and also like going back to your question, what does it mean for you to be a woman of Ihsan? As you can hear, my voice is not the best today. <laughs> so I got my excuse. I got my way out. <laughs> and inshallah, so... I would definitely talk about my intentions behind this podcast. Mm -hmm. Inshallah, why not? I might answer these questions at some point <laughs> when my voice is back to normal. No worries. But Jazakallah Khairan, I'm, uh, I'm really honored that you chose me because there are all, uh, so many other women out there. But I think you're doing an amazing job as well. And I mean, that's also how we met through your posts and your presence on LinkedIn, mashallah. So you're doing amazing. Jazakallah khairan, jazakallah khairan. May Allah uh, make us sincere 
in um, in these efforts, um, inshallah. As we conclude, it's already over. Subhanallah, time is go by, go, goes by so quickly. I wanted to ask you, how can people find out more about you? If they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to find you? Absolutely. So I would say the best way would be LinkedIn, uh, where I post content regularly. So if you have LinkedIn, just send me a follow request, say hi to a message. I'm always happy to meet other people. Uh, but otherwise, my website as well, so sukainakish.com, mm -hmm. where they can find more about me if they don't have LinkedIn. Um, and I try to keep it as updated as possible as well with, you know, the initiatives that I'm working on, the conferences that I'm joining. So, inshallah, hopefully we'll connect with more people through that. I will share all the details in the episode description so that um, people can click and go see your, your profile and uh, everything that you share with us, your website. And inshallah, I hope that um, anyone, I hope anyone who's uh, yeah, of course, I hope anyone who's uh, listening um, has been enjoying the conversation as I'm as much as I did. Thank you, uh, thank you again so much for taking the time out today. Inshallah, please uh, feel free to like this episode and to share. And um, if you have any comments or questions, please feel free to, to write to the email address that's also uh, found in the description. I'm wishing you all the best until uh, next time. Sukaina, jazakallah khairan. Shukran. Shukran laki. Shukran laki. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa rahmatullah.